This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi blues it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have, I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care, no Listen to it, listen to it. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Well, hello there. Well, hello there. LBL people. We need a we need a cool name for the people that like this show, but I I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh when you hear this, it'll be happy Monday to you. Hope you're doing all right out there. Low Budget Live, not so live from the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill here in lovely, cold freaking Tennessee this morning. And uh, lots going on. Lots going on. It's a busy, it's going to be a busy day today. It's going to be a busy week. It's going to be a good week. This is going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show. There's lots of things moving and shaking in this old bass fishing world, and uh, we got the right people to talk to about it today. Today. But uh, right here in the old LBL Bar and Grill, and, and uh, that song that you hear at the first, if you're new to Low Budget Live, is By Myself. All by my, myself. I wrote that. Uh, Luke Duncan, Biloxi Blues. 
get a lot of questions about that. So you can find that on iTunes and all that good stuff. iTunes, Spotify, wherever wherever you stream your music, don't pay artists enough. Was that a country music uh, musician thing to say? All right, so here we go. January 20th. It's actually tomorrow, but we're recording today on the 19th. Lots going on. Last night, I spent my hard-earned money on the uh, uh, Conor McGregor fight. I did. Uh, I did that, and my man just, he said 40 seconds was enough for him, and I was like, all right, I was ready to go to bed anyways. So did that. I don't ever do the UFC stuff. Don't don't ever watch it, but I, I'm I'm fascinated by that dude and and uh, and cowboy. I like that guy. I've heard him on Joe Rogan a few times. I was like, yeah, I want to watch that. Stayed up. Was like doing the old man nod on the couch, just trying to stay awake. Forty seconds, and I'm like, bed. Here's my eighty bucks. Whatever in the hell it could cost me, I don't even know. But it was it was cool. He beat the heck out of some dude with his shoulder. I mean, you know. That takes a real man. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that. January 20th, very special day in the Duncan household. Very special day. And I got to kick this off by saying happy birthday to my main man, Chuck D., my main man, Hugh Lorenzo, my main man, Charlie freaking Brewer, my uh, now 16-year-old son and man, He's uh, he's gonna be hell on wheels. This is uh, this is crazy. Uh, the triple threat, just having a hard time with it, and uh, I'm just like, let the boy go, let him do his thing. Cause man, I remember being 16, and it's just like the whole world opens up to you. Get thrown them keys, and you're like, see ya, see ya. Get your first job. You get to, you know. Go pick a chick up for the first time, if you're lucky. Ride around with all your buddies. I had a, uh, I had this old, my dad, my dad, fortunately enough for me, he bought me a Suburban. And I know what you're thinking, dang, you little rich, spoiled brat. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like sitting on 22s uh, or anything. It was like a 1990s. It was a 93 or 94 Suburban, but my dad works in uh, in the uh, waste connections world, the waste management world. He uh, uh, working on landfills and selling uh, selling garbage services, kind of what he's always done my whole life. And this truck had been on on one of their landfills, and he bought it for like probably seven dollars and a hug. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I was proud to have it, but dude, it was beat all the crap. Had three hundred thousand miles on it, dude. I, listen, listen to me when I say I thought I might as well have been uh, just in one of them rap videos. Just couldn't turn on the air conditioner. It said when you did that. If you were you were trying to get you some McDonald's, you had to turn the air conditioner off in the summertime. So it sounded like every time you turned on the air conditioner or the heat, it did that the whole time I had it. Insanity, man. I was proud to have it though. And that three rows of seats, I mean, just thinking that you're going to stack up uh, every girl in Lawrence County, Tennessee, and that thing. But it, it ended up just being me and my redneck buddies more more than not. <laughs> but three rows, I put me a eight-disc changer under the seat. <whistles> Thought I was something else. Thought I was something else. So 
Happy birthday to my man Charlie. He got him a little. Uh, he got him a, about a twenty-year-old vehicle. He got him a. He got him a Jeep, Jeep Wrangler, and he's gonna need him some Startrons. All I got to say. Luckily, we got some in the garage. Low budget live, brought to you by Startron for all your birthday Jeep needs. Let's see how easy that was. Ding. Also for your weed eater. Also for your chainsaw. Get you some Startron. Supporting low budget live, not so live. Everything in the LBL, Luke Duncan world, Startron right there. Get you some. Get you some. Happy birthday, Charlie. Pretty excited about that for him, man. He's uh, he's a good kid, and and it's uh, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little different watching him drive out the driveway. I'm always like, you know, hey, man, I need to go to practice. Hey, I got to go here. Go here. He's a super active kid, but uh, proud of him. Proud of him for sure. 16th birthdays are special. Moving on. We got this little thing called the Fat Ass Challenge going. And, uh, man, you guys, after the last podcast, I got flooded with even more messages, videos, pictures. More people want in. I'm cutting it off. After this episode, I'm cutting it off, man. It's not fair to the folks that have been doing it. But uh, but I guess it's not fair to you because it's a, it's a weight loss thing. As far as pounds, I mean, it's a weight loss thing. So if you're just now getting in it, you might not have as much time. We're going to end this March 6th during the Bassmaster Classic. And uh, down in Birmingham, but uh, and and I apologize. I hadn't got to all the messages yet. I hadn't got to all the emails. I just got a lot of those and uh, trying to get to them all. But I'm going to add y'all to the deal. And thank y'all for playing along with this. And let's get healthy. I'm the last uh, dude on planet Earth that needs to be just out here giving weight loss advice. You know, but uh, I can tell you that I'm down about 10, 11 pounds already. And man, I just been I've been trying to work hard. I've been I've been doing a lot of cardio. Been doing a lot of cardio stuff and and uh, just eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Trying I've been I've been uh for like 9 days there was a diet a few years ago that changed my life. Um for several years that I did and it was called the Fat Smash diet by Dr. Ian Smith. And it really makes sense. Everything about it to me made sense. And uh, for like the first nine days, you cut out fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Excuse me. For the first nine days, you only eat fruits and vegetables. You can have yogurt, egg whites, um, and brown rice for nine days. And it's a detox for nine days. And uh, I did that. And, man, I lost I lost 46 pounds. 46 pounds, of course, 12 years ago. This is the year Hudson was born. And, uh, man, it changed, it changed my perspective on everything. But it's all about portion control. But it's not crazy like, oh, you could eat his meat. And then the second you stop, or you can't have bread forever. It's realistic. And it's built around, it's built around um, real life, you know, just cutting down. Hey, man, you want to get a steak instead of getting a 12-ounce, get, get an 8-ounce. Just don't eat all your French fries. When you start feeling full, stop eating. It was a really cool book, and you can download it for free online now. Uh, I bought it in the bookstore back then. but uh, And I use kind of those principles anytime that I want to try to lose weight. I still kind of lean towards that. You know, When you throw it out there on the Internet, I find that everybody's got an opinion about how you should be losing weight. Uh, every dang body. You can't eat bananas. Bananas got sugar. You here have this 
Have this Startron. You're eating salad? Salad's terrible for you. Have a burger. You're like, what? None of this makes sense. All you got to do is lift weights and run on a treadmill 47 miles a day, and you can have what you want. People are nuts when it comes to diets, man. But I know what works for me and my body. And uh, it's kind of what I've been sticking to, but down a little bit. Down a little bit already, and, and it's always good to see. I'll say this to all you fat assers out there that were challenging with me. This is something that, that I learned in that fat smash diet a long time ago. Is he, he broke it down into segments, in segments, and uh, or phases, I think. Maybe it's phases. But at the end of each phase, he, he would say, do not weigh in the middle of a phase, weigh at the end. So if you set yourself a goal like, Weigh weekly. Don't weigh every day because your weight fluctuates and it'll frustrate you. If you start losing weight, this is me. This is me talking, okay? This is, be, this is my advice uh, right after I talk about people giving you advice. But this would be my advice. I, if you're trying to lose weight, weighing every day is toxic because your weight will fluctuate depending on what time of day you weigh. I think you need to weigh first thing in the morning when you're empty, you know? If you know what I'm saying, you get that morning, that morning little, 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 Little uh, little doo doo in, you know, get it in and then then go away before you eat breakfast. But I would weigh like my deal is always like weigh at the end of a week. Weigh you know go week to week to week to week to week. Set you some some deals in there. Like hey man, I'm away over five days because I think you if you step on the scales and you're working hard and you step on the scales and you don't see a, a see a move at all. Man, that, that's an instant just hit to your self-esteem. It is for me. I'm like, what? I've been doing all this? I've been, you know, we had a birthday party last night. I avoided cake and, and delicious hot dogs and chili and all the stuff. You know, I'm over here eating little veggies in the corner. Avoiding all of it, you know, with an IV of water in, just over sweating. And I avoided every bit of it. And you're working hard and you don't want to step on them scales and go, whoa. Whoa, that was different than last week. You don't, you know, or, or yesterday or whatever. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So I say be careful with it. Just do what you're doing. Know you're doing the right thing. And know if you're changing your lifestyle at all, which I have tremendously, you know, it's no secret after mom passed away, dude, I gained 30 pounds. And and I was eating crazy. I was eating fast food three meals a day. Stupid stuff you should never do. I should have probably, my heart should have blown up probably at some point. You know, arteries clogging up, but was eating all this junk. So I have made a significant in the last two weeks, significant life change as far as just my diet and my exercise. I'm getting out. I'm running. I ain't going to the gym. I ain't lifting weights. I hadn't been doing that. That ain't me. That ain't me. Um, I just want to get out. I just want to feel better. So I'm getting out. I'm setting me some goals, and that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. So. Um, hope you're doing it too. I, I hope that it's working for you. You know, I'm proud that you're participating. And, and if you want to get in on it, man, uh, you know, play along at home. But for the actual prize, which I haven't, I haven't got all put together yet. But we got two months of this. Um, we're gonna do it. So keep on, man. Keep on. Tag me up on Instagram when you're eating right. Had a couple this weekend. Tag me up. Tag me up. I'll try to share it. You know, but. 
thank y'all. Thank y'all for uh, supporting me and what I'm trying to do, man. I'd like to lose 40 pounds. I know I'm not going to do that in 60 days. I know that's unrealistic, but this year that was one of my goals. You know, it was one of my goals last year that I was headed towards until my mom passed and, and I used that like a crutch, but you know, you go through things emotionally and, and you eat your feelings. I, I'm that dude. So, um, thank y'all, man. It's pushing me. It's pushing me. Uh, even the old triple threat said she was proud of me. So I'm like, what's up, girl? Look at this right here. So I told her when I get back down to fighting shape, she's in trouble. She is in trouble. I am very excited about today uh, and this podcast and, and what we're doing today on the podcast. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a cool one because we just had the first major tournament of the year and we're headed into another major one this week and so all the off-season yammering who's going where uh you know major league fishing versus bass buying flw blah 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 blah, all this stuff now it's tournament time right so we can we can start diving into some of these goods, get you a little educational stuff on low budget, still get you a little bit of that news, a lot of that news, you know, because there's going to be crap going on for sure in every organization. But um, this week, and it was weird, it was uh, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday event instead of a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but we had the first Bassmaster open down in Florida, down at Toho, 225 freaking boats. It was packed out. I saw the pictures for those of you who have never been to uh, Toho, Kissimmee, down there. Uh, you got to lock out of Toho. It's a chain of lakes, and you got to go through a lock. And, uh, man, go over on Bassmaster.com, check out some of those pictures. But I, I have been in that personally several times, fishing tournaments, and there's nothing more chaotic than that freaking lock. It does not take many boats, maybe 15 boats, I think. But, dude, it's just steady stacked people out there bumping boats, and uh, it's wild. It's wild. Um, it's the place where the infamous Keith Pochet-ish Monroe incident went down a few years ago where they actually threw down. It actually happened. They actually uh, had a little rumble on the lower end of Toho down there at the locks. Um, and it gets it gets wild. Boats get beat up, and it's it's crazy. So two twenty five, I can't imagine. You know, we fished one sixty there last year, and it was wild. It was like a rodeo, man, going down there. But uh, but kicked off at, at Toho, the Kissimmee Chain of Lakes, really cool place. Big bass factor. It looked like it was a little off weight wise, but uh, some some storylines out of there. You had big Scotty Two Hardy Martin. He's making that push to try to make the classic, try to make the elites. He made him a top 10 G-Main, G-Main, Mr. Swindell. <laughs> I like calling him that. Uh, Gerald ended up uh, making a cut, ended up like seventh place. My little buddy John Hunter was leading it going into the last day and had a really rough last day, and and uh, unfortunately, he, he wasn't able to close it out. But then um, in this bass fishing world, I'm fortunate to be uh, call a lot of these guys friends and, and really, really pull for a lot of these guys. And my man, Brian New, ended up pulling off the W, and we're going to talk to Brian this morning on his drive back. And I can't wait to talk to Brian. Um, he is a guy that I respect – immensely in bass fishing. I've been knowing Brian since 2015, 
I guess. So not not terribly long, but he's a young young man from North Carolina. And Brian, I've talked about him on this before on, on Low Budget Live for sure. Um, Brian is a guy that started as a co-angler. Okay, he started as a co-angler in the FLW Tour, started as a co-angler in the BFLs, and has worked his way up truly, truly through the ranks. He uh, he got one of the best lessons i'm sure and we'll talk to him about it but he used to practice and travel with thrift with brian thrift so man he learned a lot from brian but this guy his skills as an angler uh fished against him as a co-angler in 2015 he, he you know and he had won the forest wood cup um maybe the year before that but he was just a threat for co-angler of the year and then my rookie year i actually drew brian on kentucky lake uh, and he's in the video the infamous bush flipping video tree flipping video uh, from Kentucky Lake um, that that a lot of you talk to me about when you see me. Brian is actually the co-anger in the boat with me that was netting them so fast. And that day he's like, hey, man, do you need a drink? Hey, do you need – he's the – because he was the king of knowing if you were taken care of and you were fishing, you'd probably open up opportunities to him. Or we had a rule if my, if the pro's feet weren't on the front deck, the co-angler couldn't cast. So he was trying to do – he'd have culling floats handing them to you. He'd be like, hey, man, I think it's number three that's got to go. He was a pro. He's just a, a – he's a pro, period. But, dude, he was pro. That year he won co-angler of the year. He qualifies for the tour. But what's interesting about Brian is he's never gone full-on, full-time pro. He's done very well on the coasts, make, makes the championship, catches them, makes some top tens. Made the tour, pro circuit, whatever we're calling it now, um, this year and didn't go. Didn't go. Signs up for the Opens, and I don't know if he signed up for all of them or not. We're going to find out uh, from Brian. But this guy has a resume um, just that that most of us would kill for. And we're going to get him on the phone. And I want to talk to him about some of the stuff, and I want to talk to him about this big win, man. It's uh, it's impressive to me that a guy goes in. He made the freaking Bassmaster Classic, okay? But last year he won. He he went to the uh, BFL All American. He finished third there, okay? This was just last year. Uh, the ABA Race Scott Championship, which won him fifty thousand dollars and a boat down at Lake Ufall in April, won it, okay? Then he goes to the BFL Regional in the fall down at Lake Seminole, wins it. Not only wins it, dominates it to send him back to the All-American. Fast forward, to that's in October. Go to January, wins the first major tournament of the year, Bassmaster Open, sending him to the Classic. I mean, this dude, nobody wants to fish against right now. I'm telling you, he is uh, he is something freaking else. So let's get him on the phone right now. See if we can get him. See if we can get him. He said he was going to be ready. He said he's going to be ready. Oh, no. Oh, no, Brian. Don't leave us hanging. He said on the Bassmaster stage that he had to pee. And he's driving home today. So I'm going to bet. Luke Duncan. What's up, buddy? I am uh, checking out of the gas station. Man. <laughs> yes, that is the most low budget live thing ever, and I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. When uh, you, the life of a traveling man. The life of a traveling man. The life of a man that's just carrying around a lot of cash in that old truck right now. Trophies and cash. 
oh, trophies and cash and a lot of everything else, guns and fishing rods. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been an eventful trip, my man. Well, I, no doubt about it. I said whenever you it, it took a few rings for you to answer, and I said, you know what, my man said on the Bassmaster stage. The winning moment, he said he had to pee. And I'm like, I bet he had to pee right now. He had to get out <laughs> and pee, and we caught him in a pee break. Well, you know what? Uh, you're pretty dang close. <laughs> I actually did pee. <laughs> I fixed to crank my truck up so my Bluetooth's going to All right. So, uh, All right. We'll be patient. We'll be patient. Uh, I still got you for a second. I got it's you. take a second. But yeah, man. Uh, Headed back north. Been? I've been good, buddy. Not as good as you, I don't think. I don't think anybody in the fishing world is as good as Brian knew in the last year. You having yourself a time right now. Yes, I got you now. Heck yes. Brian knew live from the truck. <laughs> That's right. The truck phone. But, How you? So, so, dude, I mean, you just, last year, I talk, I've talked about you on here multiple times just because I feel like people should know Brian New. They better know Brian New. And I know you're you're a humble guy uh, and you're not about all that that uh, attention necessarily. But but dude, I, I was talking before I before I called, I've known you since two thousand fifteen. It's probably the first time I ever met you. I knew of you before then, but I got to know you that year fishing when I was fishing as a co angler. And then we uh, got to know each other even better my rookie year out there and, and got to spend a day on a boat together, which will always go down as one of my favorite days. We, we had a ball that day and, uh, and caught them up, and it's all on video. It was, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, but dude, I, I've talked about your year last year. I, I said that you had, I think, the best year in professional bass fishing, or AAA, whatever people want to call it. But you had the best year, I mean – Dude, and you've been on a roll, but this now this is kicking into 2020. It's like, what else can't Brian do? Now you're going to the freaking classic, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is that's true, man. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff in between this and that. Um, you know, I've got some more opens, obviously, and some coasters, and uh, I got the All American again, so I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to that. And the All Americans uh, in your backyard, right? Kinda, sorta. <laughs> Sort of. I mean, it's on Hartwood. It's only like two hours from me, but like, I really don't fish there a lot. Honestly, as bad as it sounds, I hate that lake. Yeah, um, I get it. <laughs> I don't. You know, it's sometimes there's just a lake that you just don't get, and Lake Hartwood is a lake that I don't get. I did go there as a co angler back in the day, but you know that's a that's a different all different, different deal. Thing. So you can't, you know, you just wipe that clean. That don't even exist, so to speak, when you get up in the front. Do you but, do you uh, think it is it the blueback herring that that kind of get to you? Because they get to me. Because I try to fish it like I fish everywhere else, and it it ends up being a disaster. I think it's a mixture of that because the uh, the last few years I started fishing some BFLs and ABAs down on the South Carolina lakes with a lot of bluebacks, and uh, I'm starting to learn a thing or two about it. I fished a BFL two-day at uh, Hartwell last year, and I learned a lot about that deal. Now, of course, that's a, a, a fall blueback deal. But yeah. I don't know, but I kind of feel like that it kind of can relate to the early in the year, you know, here in fall. I think it can relate to it a little. That's my theory. Okay. I, wrong. I probably am completely wrong, but that's my theory, and I'm going to roll with it. For now, um, 
But, you know, that and Hartwell is so big. There's so many options there, and I want I want to do a little bit of everything and see a little bit of everything when I go to the lake. And I think that's one thing that gets me is So I think I'm, I've got a different, uh, you know, I think I'm going to take a different approach to that tournament uh, than I always have down there. So. Well, I, we'll see how it goes. Well, I think you're the favorite to win it right now, obviously. Uh for sure. Oh, Jamie's in it. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I love you, Brian. I love you, Brian New, but yeah, Jamie's in it. For those of you that don't know Jamie Rampey, he's another one of these guys that flies under the radar that catches every bass in Lake Hartwell every day. Um, I think he fished uh, 49 tournaments on Hartwell last year. He won 72 of them. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> Exactly right. So, dude, what are your plans this year? Are you are you fishing? Obviously, you're going to fish all the all that division of the opens. Are you fishing all eight opens? You know, originally I I wasn't thinking so, just because it's such a big investment. No but, doubt. Um, you know, I actually called Chris Boats at Bass right after you know on my way to uh, JP's after the weigh-in other night, and talked to him about that. I'm considering trying to get in the central. Or I think that's what they're calling my Yeah, I think yeah, I think they're the centrals now. Um, I'm considering it. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm definitely considering it. When I get home, I've got like a lot of stuff I've got to do to get caught back up. But uh, I'm going to look at it and I'm going to try to decide if it's a good decision for me to do it or not. Well, dude, I, I mean. Is your end game with this? I mean, you, you're a guy, and I and I think I've talked about this on here before, but I want I want folks to to hear it from you. I've always respected about you. One of, one of the things I respect about you the most, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about this, is, dude, you can you can catch them, and I and I'll do all the promoting for you. You don't have to promote yourself at all. Uh, you can sit there and grin, but. You can freaking catch them. You've proven it over and over and over. Various levels of competition. There's no doubt you're going to catch the crap out of them at a tour level or the elite series or whatever that that comes down to for you. But you're smart in that you're like, look, man, you were one of the first guys that ever said this in my boat that it made sense to me. You're like, because that day you're with me, you're going to win co-angle of the year most likely. I'm like, dude, are you coming over? And I was fortunate to have sponsors, right? I mean, you, you and I have talked about this many times. And you're like, dude, it's going to cost me $70,000 to do this next year out of my pocket. That's not a smart financial decision. Oh. And, oh. and so does that, still, does that still weigh on your mind? Or are you... Are you I mean, if you is your goal to make the elite series? It is. I mean, you know, there's a you know everybody knows all these changes are going on. No doubt. I don't know what I think. You know, I really don't know what I think about all of them. You know, one day I like this, the next day I'm like, well, I don't like it. So honestly, I, I signed up for the opens to have a have options. Right. Um, I always said that if I ever, you know, I've, I've made enough money fishing a couple times to pay for it and not not have to pay for it out of my pocket, so to speak, for money that I had to go manually work my butt off for at an hourly wage. Right, right. I said if I ever make enough money again fishing to do it, I'm going to. So last year was just a freaking awesome year. 
Well, when I, after I won the race cop deal, I'm all in. I'm fishing the tour. I qualified. Then all this stuff goes down. Um, I decided not to. Um, you know, for several reasons. But, so I said, well, you know, I'm going to just keep going this and see where it goes. So now I start off like this. If I get the opportunity, by God, I'm going. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I hope I hope so, man. And I, I feel like you, if you fish both divisions, man, uh, I feel like you're going to have as good a chance as anybody. And it's 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 odd for us because I would consider you an FLW guy, right? I mean, you and I both kind of cut our teeth the same way a little bit. You were doing a little longer than me, but you're a BFL guy, you're a Coastal guy, you're an FLW guy, and. Uh, so I, I'm proud that you're you're dipping your toes over there because that's your first Bassmaster event, right? As far as the, an open, it is first Bass event ever, except for back in the day when ABA was affiliated with them as well. Right, the weekend so, series stuff, yeah. Right, yeah, but yeah. So like you said, I mean, I've always been FLW. Uh, I like it there, and you know, I hope I still do. You, you know, nothing up against anybody there, but. You know, both sides can be great. You don't have to pick sides. I'm not picking sides. I'm just no. pick what, what's best for you. Best for me. Absolutely. Do you think? And right now, I don't know what that is. Well, let me ask you this: Not do you like that that MLF format? Do you think Brian knew? Are you a guy that gets a lot of bites? Would you Would you excel at that format, or do you are you more of a five fish run around grind it out kind of guy? Because there's definitely two I, camps I, now. You know. Well. First off, I'll say absolutely I think there is a skill to that. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. But I, me, you, everybody that fishes bass tournaments, every one of us has spent our entire life trying to figure out how to catch the five biggest fish for one, two, four days. Yep. Tiger Woods is always trying to figure out how, you know, to, I don't know nothing about golf, but I don't he's either. Try, he's trying to, he's trying to make birdies, I think. Okay, yeah, so. But the rules don't change, right? He's been trying to say, the game has been the same for him his whole life is what I think you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. so do you think him and Phil Nicholson and all those guys, they want to go play putt-putt? That's exactly right. I'm, I'm with not, you. I'm not, I'm not downplaying the every fish thing counts. I'm just saying it's a totally different game, and I don't know that game, so I don't want to do that. Nah, that's 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 me a little bit, man. I I think there are guys that excel at it. I think Dudley will go over there and do really well. Uh, this year, it's going to be interesting to see, and I, I think Thrifty will catch him up, man. You you know him better than anybody, um, but I think I think there'll be challenges to that format for both of those guys, never having been in it at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a you know you're still trying to catch bass, but it's a different sport. What? It's almost. I mean, it's it's even more different than a pro from a co-ing. No you know? doubt. Oh yeah. That's two different sports. Two different sports, man. Two different sports. And for me, that success out of the back, it didn't necessarily translate. You know, I'm good at finding fish. I can find them whatever. But, you know, I caught them pretty good out of the back. And it's like, but you're fishing against the other co-anglers. You're fishing against the day, basically, trying to adapt behind a partner. Um, it's a totally different deal. And I noticed that fishing with you that day, man. You were, you were a king. And I talked about this before you came on. But you were a king at that game. 
not only at catching bass, but at that format at, hey, man, uh, this is what I need to do behind this guy to make sure I catch the most weight I can catch. And you could, and I could just, I learned a lot from you in that situation. I thought, man, there's no, there's no doubt why this guy's the best co-angler, uh, in my opinion, to ever live. I mean, he, he gets it done. Um, and you're great. You're a great, uh, you know, at casting, um, at just trying different things. And uh, we had a crazy day that day, man. I, I'll, I'll never forget that. As far as just the, that was truly. If I could make decisions like that and have them work out in every tournament, I'd probably I would have been angler of the year every year. But uh, as far as just pulling up, uh, throwing everything to the side and saying, "Hey, man, this is what we're gonna go do," and uh, and yeah. it working out, you know, um, that decision that day that'll always be one I'll never forget. Just it was it was a lot of fun, and and uh, you caught some fish, I caught some fish, and we had a good time together, man. But uh, uh, so let's get to this. Uh, Let's get to this big win, man. I know people. I don't talk about a lot of the nuts and bolts and stuff on on LBL a lot. I want I want to more and more, but kind of break down, man. Your your Toho win because this is your chance. A lot of people listening to just that want to learn. And how does Brian knew he's never fished a Bassmaster event? How do you go down there? How do you beat two hundred and twenty four other guys and go to the classic? How, how did that work out? Well, you know, you just kind of said it about the days of me and you. You know, we were fishing on short, and that kind of went all to crap. And you said, let's go flip a jig up shallow, and you called them. Well, the same thing for me. Like, I had a bad practice at first, and then the last few days, I started getting some bites on pads. And, you know, because that's a deal that everybody knows. Oh, about. yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, I, I felt like I've got a chance to do good. So... I draw out. I'm both 204. Obviously, I'm gonna, if I'm going to semi, I've got to stop on Toho and fish something instead of sitting at the lock for two hours. No doubt. So I found one place that I caught one bass did some offshore grass during practice. That's the only thing that I had on Toho. And I said, well, I'll stop there. I ain't got nothing else. So I stopped there. It don't take long. I catch a 5'9". Jeez. Then I caught a, then I caught a one nine, and then you know an hour goes by or whatever. I go to lock, I lock through, I pull up first stretch of pads. I immediately I miss one. The next flip, I look one, it gets hung in the pads and it comes off. Four hours later, I haven't had another bite. Sitting on two. So, my wheels are spinning. I've got a I've got a really good one. I just need some more decent. Uh, my wheels are spinning. What do I got to do? I know that this deal is done, at least in this area. I've got to do something. So I said, you know, it's hot. It's slick. I haven't thrown a topwater all week. But this feels right. So I slid up a little bit shallower. I threw a prop bait, a greenfish cat. It's sort of like a, you know, a devil horse style mm-hmm. bait, but it's it yep. floats hotter. It's a bad dude. Shout out to John up. Hare over there, old Johnny boy. <laughs> yes, sir. Good dude. He makes some good stuff. He does. But, uh, so I, I immediately, I catch a four-pounder on it. It was a four-plug. I don't remember exactly, but a good one. So I said, huh, here we go. I figured it out. <laughs> An hour later, I still got no more bites. So I've got two good ones and a keeper. I said, well, I've got to do something different. So then I was thinking... This area, I know it's a good area. I had good bites here in practice. I just caught four pounder a little bit ago. 
It's got the dog crap beat out of it. <laughs> Maybe these fish put stuff under these mats. It's hot and it's slick and it's sunk. I ain't put the mat on practice. So I get my rod box. I already got 15 rods on my deck. I get my rod box and get number 16 out. <laughs> <coughs> Flip that big weight in the mat. And I go about, I don't know, a couple boat wings. And I catch a, uh, another one nine. So that gave me four. I go a little bit longer. I catch another four and a half. Jeez. I'm pretty excited because I've got a decent bag. So I keep running that. And that was two bites pretty quick. So I was excited. So I'm going to catch another big one. Go a little bit farther. I catch a one eight. It didn't help me. I run it. I run it. I run it. And it runs out. Not another bite. Yeah. So I was like, I said, well, I, I'll need to get to the lock. You have plenty of time. You never know what's going to go in there. So I get there. I lock through. I've got 45 minutes to fish. I'm back on tow. I've got nothing but this one place that I have one bite in practice, and I had to call those two this morning. So I stop there. I catch a four and a half. I catch a couple real high ones that helped me at the time. I called a, a two three that helped me. Then I called a two five that went cold to two three. So you know, that gave me 21. So I get in. I'm all excited. I draw out. I'm both 22 the second day. Kissimmee sucked. So I said, I'm going to start. I, you know, I knew how tough it was. I knew the potential of that spot. At least catching a limit, you know. Yeah. And, and I caught two big ones on it and did fish it more than an hour and a half probably the first day. So I started there. And me and my co-angler, we immediately started jacking them. I saw. I watched it. You want to go back and look at the photo gallery of that, guys? If you're listening to this, They're, the pictures are awesome. They're just freaking. They're bowed up like crazy. So we're catching them almost every cast. At nine fourteen, we're still catching them almost every cast. Jeez. At, at nine fifteen, we don't get another bite. Dang. I mean, it goes from every cast to nothing. I mean. It, it's almost like you called every single fish there, but I knew better just for one because I've been fishing more than a day. Right. And two, two, I could still see them. And it was just unreal. But so about 45 minutes later, I finally catch another one. And then it's just, I'm fishing for a while longer and nothing, not another bite. So I added, I weighed everything. I knew what I had. I knew I had to cut made. But I still was, you know, I thought I was going to be a good ways behind and uh, so I really didn't I knew I had to cut like I said so I didn't want to run down to Kissimmee just cause one it was a waste of time I had to be back at 3 o'clock uh, well not a waste of time but it takes it's a, but it's time. a but it's a risk I mean it eats up a lot of time yeah, going through that lot right and so I said I'm not going to I'm not going to risk something to happen and me not making the cut or getting the check so I said, I'm going to stay up here, jump fish, and I'll just rotate from junking it up to this spot all day. And I'll eventually catch a big one here. Well, I rotated and rotated. I've never got another bite there the rest of the day. And I, but I called, I caught some on that prop bait up shallow again. And uh, I called up about half a pound. Well, let, let me ask you this. Let me let me interrupt for just a second. You said on this spot, 
when you when you said you could still see them, so are we talking on a graph, or are these fish schooling? You think what what's what's going on on this offshore grass spot that makes it an every cast hole? Is it, uh, obviously there must be a lot of bait out there, something like that. But when you say you can still see them, are you seeing them on a graph? Yeah, I've seen them on my graph. I got you. Yeah, but it um honestly there's a there was three every day there was several boats close to it but they're like 75 yards from and honestly, I, I mean I wasn't completely watching them but you do you look you of course yeah and every time that I was on that spot all week long I seen like three bass gone jeez and, and we were jacking on them. so I don't know what it was I, I mean it was just little clumps of species little small places now but there was three or four places and uh they were just there man like i don't know why they were but they're that much better than they were anywhere else but it really don't matter hey <laughs> you know? hey brian hold up two seconds my stupid uh recording software just locked up about going and it worked right here okay i think we're back it it, it did something funky and i'm trying to avoid it uh, all right, so you don't know why they were there, but they were just they were there, buddy. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what mattered. I mean, me and Brian Thrift and Luke Lawson, we got in an argument one time several years ago. <laughs> Imagine that! Imagine that! I don't remember exactly what it was about, but it was something like why do they bite this or, or why are they here instead of there? And we said it don't matter. Well, I wanted to know. I'll back up and I'll admit that I wanted to know, but Brian and Luke both said it don't matter. They are. And you know what? They've got a point. It don't matter why they're there. You found them and they're biting. That's all that matters. Dude, Gerald so, Swindle told me that one time. He said it ain't got to make sense because it's just got to work. <laughs> that's right. It, that is right. But we all, but as bass fishermen, though, we do want to break it down from a fundamental standpoint. We want to dig deep. We want to go, well, this is why the square bill work versus the chatterbait this time, or this is why they're in this grass versus that grass. But, dude, sometimes it just, they just there. they just there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> It just and sometimes that meant to be thing, man. So so take me into day three. You're you're in third place, right? Behind yeah. John Hunter and I forget the I forget the guy that's name was in second, but uh, my man John Hunter was leading and looked to be kind of the guy to beat because he was consistent. Looked like the conditions kind of tightened up, but leaving that third third morning, you feel like you got a shot, right? Because you said I watched the YouTube video the night before where they interviewed you guys. And you looked at the camera and said, we're going to go try to bust a dirty 30 tomorrow. I told my wife, I said, Brian knew he's fixing to win this dang tournament. Because you just uh, had that look in your eye, man, like you knew what was going on. Well, you know, I knew at that point after that day, I figured out that I've got a special spot. And I knew how I knew how hard it was to get bit during the day. Um, I knew I could was going to go to that spot and more than likely I was going to catch a limit and probably have a decent limit. When I say decent, I mean like 12 pounds. Right, right. <laughs> you know, everybody thinks Florida giant bags. Yes, it happens. But if you look at every tournament, <laughs> ever, <laughs> 99% of the tournaments, big tournaments that come to Florida that are more than one day, 12, 13 pounds a day, 
always gets you paid. Consistency wins over them big bags down there always. Yes. And then you look at the people that caught that giant, that 33-pound bag. Then look at their other day. Yep. I'm not going to say always, but most of the time they have a eight-pound bag. That's right. It's always about down there. It's about a home run day and then limping, limping in, it seems like. And I said that all week. I said, you know what? Day one, I said, you know, we got to, you know, a lot of weight on the floor, but we're still alive. Day two, I, you know, I slipped. I didn't, I ain't going to say I slipped up because I did everything I could do. Right. You know, I stayed alive with that panels. And then the last day, so the wind, they were calling for 15. Twenty-five. It's Florida. There's never been a big bag weighed in when the wind blows like that. Mm-hmm. So, nope. I don't like it. I could be wrong. You want somebody to call me? I don't But uh, so I knew that that probably wasn't going to happen, and I I knew in my mind that I was going to catch a decent limit to begin with. And then you had twelve boats on the lake. You take you took two hundred. Whatever, 215 boats off the water. A lot less pressure. You're gonna be able to run around. You're gonna be able, or you're gonna be able to get where you want. You might, you can't run around because of the wind. But I knew I was just gonna be able to do what I want. And um, so I start on that place, and it goes down again. Well, this time I catch a six pounder. Man. And um, you know, I, I left there. I had like 14 pounds, awesome start, uh, best start I've had all week, and I get to the lock at 8.20. I get through the lock, I'm going out the door on the other side of the lock at 8.24. It blew my mind. Oh like, my gosh. So, I'm running down there, I'm in the canal, I'm, I'm rocking and rolling, I'm going like 70, and uh, as soon as I come into Cypress, it's rocking, son. I, you know, I back down to 20. <laughs> <So that's laughs> I'm not going to beat myself and my co-angler and my boat and my fish to death and kill my fish. So I get to uh, Kissimmee. I go to this little area where I knew great big ones come. Um, and I go there and I, I fish and I fish and I fish and nothing. So, well, you know what? I said, I want to go just try it just because I didn't come down here yesterday and try it. I'm going to go flip some pads. And now, the wind's blowing minimum 20. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I, in my mind, I knew that that pass wasn't going to be the deal with the wind like that. But I still, hell, I had to try something, you know. And I know what those pads have to pitch on. So I go and I try it. And I do it like 15 minutes in this one area. And the wind's just rocking too hard. It was dang near impossible. That's what I can still be protected with this. And it was a little bit more protective, but it still sucked. So I immediately catched two real quick, but they didn't help me. Well, that suckered my buddy. So two offers <laughs> lucky to I mean, and, and now, fishing those bags is pretty easy when it's slick. No but doubt. When that, when that wind's blowing 20, and you it's blowing so hard that you can't even position yourself with the trolling motor the way you need to, and you power pull down, and it just completely turns the boat the other direction. Oh, yeah. It was so hard to get position. And once you did get position, it's so hard to make the cast 
then when you make the cast, it's so hard to get the right presentation. It was so I wasted two hours doing that without Jeez. So I go back to this other little offshore high drill place. Again, it's in uh, Kissimmee. Um, it's you know a lot shallower than that place in Pola. But so I'm winding the chatterbait around and I catch one, but it didn't help. So I I job around, I, you know, I'm messing around trying to find it, and I get back to that where I had that first one and I caught it. It was a two seven. I called a one thirteen. And that's the last bite I had. That was it. Well, I told my well, well, let me back up so the day's not over. So I told myself I want two hours on that place. And that's my day. That's my term. It's over after that. I don't have nothing else. The wind's blowing too hard. I said, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, kill us in this freaking and it takes a lot for those lakes to get torn up, really, honestly, because they're not that big necessarily. Only well, I mean, Toho's a big bowl, but uh, yeah. But I've seen it get rough. It can get, it rocks and rolls down there. Yeah, even Cypress. I mean, Cypress is a little bitty thing. It's like a mile across it each way. It's a mile circle. Yep. And, but you've got when I come out to hatch the hawk now, the uh, Cypress man. I was running about 25, and, you know, I only had to go about, uh, you know, a mile to get to the other canal, but um, it sucked. We got wet, buddy. I, I looked at my <laughs> I looked at my co and I said, well, at least I got to take a shower and tie Exactly. You drenched. Uh, Did so you? We locked, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, we locked through. We get both, go back to my spot, and I kind of get positioned, and I spot locked down because you know, you couldn't really control a motor and stay where you needed to do. It was all you could do to stand up. Um, so we get there, and for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know if other people were like this, but with a bait caster, if I have to jerk to my left, 99% of the time I'm going to miss that. Yep, yep. With, with the spinning rod, if I have to jerk to my right, I think. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I'm with gonna you. Yeah. Well the way the wind was blowing, the way I had to make my cast and everything, I had to jerk to the left. I had one bite and I jerked and guess what I did? I missed it. <laughs> so that that was you know, I never got another bite. My co angler he caught two and called up. That was pretty awesome. That's so, awesome. So uh, you know, it comes time we got I did the math. I said, we got about seven miles to get back, running 20, 21 miles, or 21 minutes. But I knew I could get there quicker than that, but that's what I was giving myself. So about 25 minutes, I said, let's go on back. And we just kind of build around right there at the ramp for a minute or two. You know, that's the tournament. So I'm thinking, well, I, you know, my first event, I made the top 12, had a good finish. Not gonna win, but you know I'm not gonna lose my money. I'm gonna put a little bit of money in my pocket. I got some good points towards you know qualifying for the uh, elite. You know, good start to the year. So we get in, put it on the trailer, get to talk to some people. I got one, I got two, I got about eight pounds. This guy's got probably twelve pounds. I've got ten pounds. John Hunters, I got one bull crab line. I looked in his live well. He's got one. Oh, Richard. I'm like, holy crap. 
Then butterflies like, start, right? Yeah. Like, I, everybody told me I won, and then after I told everybody, I said, I, I, I won. So, then, you know, then I got to drive. It takes an hour and 15 minutes to drive 13 miles. Oh, man. And I had Because Orlando that. traffic sucks worse than anywhere on planet Earth other than maybe Atlanta. Dude, it's, it's oh, terrible I, down there. I, I'm pretty sure it's worse than Atlanta. Oh, but, it's awful. Oh, so, uh, you know, awesome. That's great. Well, well, what was funny was, you know, Bass, unfortunately, their, their coverage on the opens, it's the only thing that I, I, I give them a hard time about a lot is – you know, I want to know what's going on during the day. You know, you don't have bass track. You don't, and I know they got co-anglers and it's hard to keep up, but man, I want to know what Brian News out there doing. I want to know what Swindle's doing. I want videos. I want, you know, and I'm, I'm refreshing it all day long to see what they're saying about my guys out there. And, uh, and until you, you got in and you post on your Instagram story, you said, headed to the way in. It's going to be interesting. Y'all need to watch it. And you winked at the camera. And I was like, I've been knowing Brian New a long time. And if he's winking at the camera, my man's going to the classic. <laughs> I, I actually I sent it to my buddy Darian. And I said, I said uh, go watch New's story. I said, this is, this is what you do when you're fitting to go to the classic. <laughs> uh, well, dude, I was, uh, I'm unbelievably, dude, I'm, I'm so proud of you and for you. Um, you work really, 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 really hard at this, and you're so freaking uh, technical with your tackle and your equipment overall. And um, my question is, um, how much tackle are you going to buy with this? That's kind of a cheesy question, but, dude, you're a tackle freaking nut. I've never met anybody that is, other than Thrift, other than Brian Thrift, that is as much of a tackle junkie as you are, and... How much will this be spent on new tackle? <laughs> uh, I don't know. More than it should be. All right, so a quick funny story on that. So last year, after I won all that money last year, you know, one, you, you, you win money like that, you got to spend money. No so, doubt. You know, and plus it's an investment on top of that. That you got to spend money to make money, and it's no different in fishing. So... You know, I've caught like four bass on five eight in my life. Well, <laughs> these northern tournaments, it seems like they always crush them on a, on a uh, five eight. They do, yeah. Uh, like, and, and I'm funny, like, so whenever I get on a new bait, um, like, I don't know, just, okay, let's say the Whopper Popper, when that come out. See, we, I, me and Thrift, we were going it two years before it got That's like, a fact. <laughs> well, I can't have a box with waffle poppers and buzz baits and pop bars. I've got to have a buzz bait box and a pop box <laughs> and a box. Same, so same I've, here. <laughs> I've got a D3700 box can slap completely full of poppers. Well, guess what? I've got a shallow 3700 box with small poppers. So, anyway. <laughs> So I go out and I said, I need to get some spy baits. Well, I'll wind up. I've got a complete slap full. Can't get another one in a box of uh, spy baits. <laughs> uh, and I've caught four bass on it. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it's I'd probably go spend some money on some tackle. Heck yeah, buddy. Well, I, I heard Thrifty say one time, uh, he was talking to Ben Gagliardi, and he was like talking about this crankbait, and he had ordered like nine of them. 
home tackle warehouse and we're like why'd you order that many if you've never thrown it he goes well what if they bought it <laughs> and i was like okay i guess i see, i guess i see that but you spent 200 dollars on crankbaits you've never had a bite on because <laughs> he was like i heard they bite this thing here so i bought nine of them and i'm like well i would have bought like two <laughs> And then Gagliardi already goes, that's why he kicks our ass all the time. <laughs> yeah. That and amongst oh, other reasons. But yeah, it cracked me up. Well, dude, listen, I'm uh I'm proud for you, man. I can't wait to see how the rest of the freaking year goes. That schedule suits you a lot. And uh go get in them centrals, man. Show them what's up. I, I wanna I wanna see Brian New in the Elite Series. We're already gonna see Brian New in the Bassmaster Classic and the All American this year. But uh Let's go, dude. Go in this freaking classic next year. He, hey, by the way, low budget folks. He was going on a hog hunt with JT Kenny and our and old, old big boy Kyle Walters after he won. And Brian and I were texting, and I said, and he said, "Man, you ought to come down here sometime." And I said, "Well, when you win the classic, you're gonna fly me down there on a hog hunt." And he said, "Well, if I win the classic, we're gonna do more than that." And I said, "Well, I'm saving this text right now." So I saved it, and I want it recorded right here, documented. That me and Brian knew We're probably going to go around the world He's going to buy me tackle We're going to do all kind of stuff Whenever he wins the Bassmaster Classic next year, buddy Well, look, be safe going home Congratulations, man And uh, I look forward to hearing from you real soon After you win another one of these suckers this year Oh, I like the sound of that, man Heck yes I, I really <laughs> You know, this, uh, it's a dream role I mean, you can't uh, Obviously you can't predict stuff like this And you can't explain it. You know, I truly, everybody gives thrift a lot of crap about saying I'm not catching them this and that. <laughs> and it, I do as well, or have, but I, I get it now. I do get it. I'm not claiming to be anywhere. I'm not claiming to be half the fisherman he is. I'm not claiming to be anything. I'm blessed is what I am. I'm I'm not anything but except for blessed. I but get it, buddy. It's just, the way things went for the last year was just unbelievable. I made some changes in my life, and it's, everything is just so much better. I'm not saying I don't have, you know, anything else, you know, that don't bug me or this or that, but it's just I've never been as happy as I am right now, and it's not just because of the fishing. You can tell, man. Um, you can tell. It, it's uh, things are awesome, dude. Well, I'm proud for you. For right. sure, buddy. Well, you be safe putting her on in the driveway in North Carolina and uh, go shine that trophy up. Oh, we're going to do that. I guess I'm going to have to make some room, but I should make some room. Oh, you'll be able to make some room for that old Bassmaster trophy. I have no oh, sure. freaking doubt. Y'all, oh, make yeah. sure you go follow Brian New on his social media. It's Brian New Fishing on Instagram. I'm sure he's got a Facebook page, too. I'm not as good on Facebook as I am Instagram. But uh, y'all go check it out. Brian, is uh, he's one of those dudes, man, you need to be following, you need to be keeping up with. Brian, I really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. It's, uh, it's been fun, and uh, we're going to have to do it again sometime. Dang right. We need to, we're going to go fishing, too, I hope, soon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Heck right, yeah. Can you slide on up? We need to go to Lake Murray before it gets warm. Yes, we do. Yes, that place, we do. Uh, I, that place is stupid, I'm going to give you a holler outside the podcast about that, and we're going to go crack on some. 10-4. All right, Brian New. Ladies and gentlemen, your first Bassmaster winner of the year out there, Brian New. Oh, 
Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thank you, buddy. Be safe going home. All right, man. Talk soon. Brian knew. That was fun. Had a little audio issue. Had a little audio issue. I watch. I, I don't know what's going on with this stupid software. Uh, hopefully, I uh, got most of that. Hopefully. I had to stop it right there in the middle and start all over. Um, I had to pause in mid-thought, which was uh, awkward, to say the least. But I saw uh, the audio wasn't recording. So I don't know. We got another guest. The main event. After watching UFC last night, I think I'm that buffer guy. And this guy has sent me a text. We've been preoccupied over here, like always. This guy sent me a text that said, and I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at uh, the situation because it sounds very scary. But our guest today, our main event guest, and I'm just waiting on a text back, but our main event guest is the main event himself. He is uh, the host of the wonderful fishing show, Facts of Fishing. He is the Bassmaster MC, and that's my man, Dave Mercer from O Canada. And this is the most Canadian text I will ever get. He says, dealing with a mess at my house, a couple of kids went through the ice right in front of my place. They are okay, but we are working to help them out. Should still be good for the interview. So... Let's see. Sorry, texting Dave. Uh, texting with Dave. He he's <laughs> he's uh, he's in a little bit of of a crazy crazy state today. I think dealing with all this, but uh, that's something you'll never get from a southern guy. Uh, that's for dang sure. You will never hear. Uh, here, hey man, some kids fell through the ice in front of my house. I was going to delay the interview. So we got to get the scoop on this from Dave. Just wait in a second. Um, I want to say once again, y'all, go follow Brian New. This guy works really hard. He deserves everything in the uh, in the sport of bass fishing that he gets, to say the very least. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's good to see good people do well. It really, it really, really is. And he... Uh, he deserves all the accolades he gets and, and sponsors and, and, and hopefully followers, man. He's the real freaking deal. You, that's cliche. You can say that about a lot of folks, but uh, he, needs to, uh, he needs to be more widely known, to say the very least. To say the very, very least. We're going to pause two seconds here because I want to get this audio right for Mr. Mercer. Give me two seconds. You'll never even know anything happened. Right here, low budget live. All right, here we go. We're gonna see if we can get the man, the myth, the Mercer. My man. Low budget live. Low budget live, not so live. And dude, I just talked about before I got you on, I said there are certain texts in life that you will receive from certain people that you know and your buddies with. Um, 
And then there are certain texts that you would never receive from certain people that you're buddies with. And I can say that two people have fallen through the ice in front of my house is something that none of my Southern guests will ever send me. I figured it was a great excuse. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was a great. So, dude, I, I, first of all, that's crazy, right? I mean, is that something that you see a lot, or because I'm not a nice, I'm not a nice guy, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, on the lake I live on, you see it way too often. Oh. Uh, it's the closest inland lake to Toronto, so it it, it doesn't uh, freeze real, real solid. And the crazy thing is. Like the last three days, I've put up a video on social media because right in front of my house, it's still it, up until 24 hours ago, it was still wide open. Oh. And I was posting videos because people come from the city to go ice fishing and, you know, an inch of ice forms on that little thing and then you get snow and they're like, oh, it's all frozen. Ugh. Same everywhere. So the crazy thing is I've been warning people for three days. I've seen the post. Yeah, I've seen the post. And, and these kids ended up, and, and the, dude, I felt bad for the kid because thank God they're okay. They're so clean. Get them in the house and, you know, get them all dried off. They they were in the in the ice. They went right through. Jeez. So we get them all dried off. Their dad shows up to pick them up, and he's like, as soon as he pulls in the driveway, he sees my truck. <laughs> and he had no idea where his kids were. His kids just called, gave my address, and said, we went to the ice, come get me. So as soon as he pulls in, so he's coming up the driveway, dude, and I can hear him because we have one of those doorbell things that everybody has, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was coming to your door. So I can hear him. He's like, I told that damn boy about <laughs> I, I showed him the post. <laughs> it's like you should listen. The man's show is called Facts of Fishing. He's trying to give you facts on keeping you safe as well. I don't know a lot, but I do know that you don't float. There's only one dude that's ever been able to float on water. That's and, right. That's right. Uh, if he comes in front of my house, he can do whatever he wants. Exactly right. You won't tell him to go follow you on IG and check out the uh, the latest Dave Mercer updates. Well, buddy, how in the world are you other than a crazy, hectic morning? I'm great. I'm great. I mean, it's uh, it, this is a fun time of year for me. I always kind of a few weeks. It's weird, you know, it's just like when guys compete, you know, it seems like at one point, you know, you know that feeling where you're like, I got months off, this yeah. is great. I mean, I don't even have to think about that for a month. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I go back to work in two weeks. Yep. And uh, nervous, but excited, obviously, you know what I mean? I'm not really nervous, it's just, you know, that feeling where you're like, I'm excited to get the season going. Anxious, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a better feeling than last year, I'll tell you that much. That that's you know, and that's something I wanted to talk about, and we can jump right in. But what was that feeling going into last year? Was it a lot of, you know, was it truly a nervous feeling? Because you know, I talked to you guys a good bit, and and back and forth, and I know Zona, um, you guys obviously you have concerns. You're, you're losing you know three quarters of the field leave you've got new guys coming in you got the flw tour guys of course the canadian invasion coming in and what was that feeling before that first event for you a guy that makes you know part of his living with the bass organization and and you have really um been a part of a lot of those guys those those notable guys they're notable moments so what's your feeling are you are you nervous it was a lot of different feelings. I think it was the same for everybody. You know, the first feeling is, 
you know, awkwardness and weirdness. You know, the, the outside of a job, all of those dudes are are my friends. That's right. You know, they're some of some of my closest friends. And, and before they were even friends, you know, I was a fan of theirs. And it so there's part of me that like as a friend and a fan. As a friend, I'm just really frustrated that, you know, we all signed up and I figured we were going to work in this factory till we retired. Right. You know? so, so it's almost like I, I never planned for this. But but there was also the part of you that as a fan, I was pissed because yeah. I was like, that robbed me of so many stories that I've, I've wanted to know the answer to. I want to know, will KVD get five? Will, will Aaron ever win one? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there was all all of those questions, and I and I feel robbed as a fan of those. And I think a lot of the fans of the sport feel that way. Um, so so there was all those emotions going on. But as far as like going to work the elite, every one of us, Zona, Tommy, Davey, everybody, Ronnie, Suits, everybody, we all talked about it in the off season, and everybody was all in. You know, no we're, doubt. we're gonna roll up our sleeves and we are going to work and, and we're going to, you know, my whole thing from the start was, I mean, and I'll be honest, I had an option to go there. You, you know, I, right. we all, I think most of us. I think everybody did. did. Um, yeah. Not me, not me, Dave, not me, but every, <laughs> most everybody did. <laughs> well, I, I mean, they probably talk about you a lot more in their office than they talk about me. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So you so had you an option. It, you had an option to go. So if you look, if you look at it from a marketing standpoint, uh, Luke, I mean, your brand really rose. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it did. It did indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> oh but, but the whole reason that all of us we all came back to the same same decision. Zona everybody. If if it wasn't for that, if if we never got that opportunity. At best, there wouldn't have been an opportunity to go elsewhere. So to to us, you can't, we couldn't, I just couldn't leave it. You know, there was no, I mean, I remember I said it in a conversation with Kevin and I love Kevin. I mean, honestly, if it it wasn't for Kevin and Zona, there's no way I have this job. I mean, Kevin is honestly, my kids call him Uncle Kevin. Right. We're, We're that tight. But, but I remember talking to him the whole way along and, and during all of it, and I was like, Kevin, I never I never grew up dreaming to MC a tournament you fished. Be- mm. Because when my dream started, there was no KVD. That's right. You know what I mean? When, when my dream started, I was watching Dusty Pine. Yeah. Fish on, on, on a rack in the St. Lawrence River um, where nobody would even think of bringing a rat nowadays. How weird that is that it changed. But... That that's that was our whole thing. I mean, but we can't leave because that my dream didn't change. You know, you know, my dream was always the same. And so, so going into last season, we definitely all thought we'll roll up our sleeves, we're showing up to work, we're we're gonna we're gonna kick ass as much as we can. But but there was questions. You know, what what are we? What do we have to work with? I mean, what are the guys going to be? And I'm going to tell you week after week. Those questions were answered not just for Bassmaster fans, but but for us. Oh no um, doubt. They, they, you know, they they gave us the stories. You know, whether it was Lee Livesey and his crazy fish cats, or you know, and I think St. John's River. You know, that 
was stereotypical. That that to me said a lot. It did. We went into that event, and the whole industry. Let's be honest, Luke. It, it, this time last year, everybody was waiting to see Bass fail. I, I, and, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Just because, dude, you take. I mean, it's like your Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you take away Mahomes, and they're probably not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or the Titans, I'll give you that. Take away Derrick Henry, blah, blah, blah. Go go ahead, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that all We'll ends. get to that. We'll that. get to that. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, don't get me excited. I mean, I watched a man beat up another man with his shoulder last night. I did, I mean, too. The world is I a crazy too. place. I did, too. <laughs> so, let's get back on Yeah, let's get back to Bass. Let's get back to Bass and... It's a bassin world here. So we basically, you know, we all went to work, but but I, I'll say none of it would have mattered if it wasn't the guys we were working with. I agree. And, and, and I think the one thing that nobody asked, any of the, the fishing fans, and, and I feel like I can relate with them really well because when this all ends and they say stop yelling goofy stuff into a mic and, and I don't do this anymore, I'll still be a fan of the sport, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't change. And and I think about it in those terms. Somebody halfway through the season actually said that to me. They said to me, what would you do if tomorrow Patrick Mahomes, it was announced that Patrick Mahomes signed a giant deal to go to Europe and play or wherever and, and Kelsey left and all these guys left. And I thought about it and I was like, well, no, I wouldn't follow Patrick Mahomes. I'm a Chiefs fan. Right, and, and, right. And that's, that's the thing that I think nobody nobody owns any sport. Luke, let's be honest. You no. own it for the time that you're involved in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. at one time, it felt like like Rick, Rick Clunt owns the Classic. Yep. There was a time when people went to that Classic and they were like, this is Rick Clunt's tournament. Then there was a time where it seemed like Kevin owned that. Mm-hmm. It, that's what sports do. They evolve. I mean, yeah, at one do. time people said there will never be another Michael Jordan. And now everybody argues, who is it? That's uh, right. Know, it, it, maybe better than he ever imagined. That's I mean, right. Sports, that's, that's what makes sports so amazing. And that's what makes events like the Classic so amazing, in my opinion, because that, it's just a moment in time, It's a man. moment. It's and a moment. What, yes. And that's all life is, a bunch of moments that eventually become memories. That's, you know what I that's mean? That's it, dude. I, and I wrote that in my notes, and I've talked about it on here and talked about it and talked about it. But bad, sports are about moments because life is about moments. Like you said, they create memories. But, dude, you have been a part of, to the fans, to the anglers, but you've been a part of in your time at Bass some of the most incredible moments our sport will ever see, the Jordan Lee comebacks, you know. Um, so many classic wins you've called, so many angler year titles you've called, elite series titles. And, dude, your voice, your your nicknames you give guys, your, your storylines that you build up on that stage have assisted those moments and helped them go to the next level, I feel like. And so that being said, I feel like, if if bass went away, we would miss that in the sport. We would miss the moment, that moment, that guy crying on stage, his wife coming up on stage, and yeah, we're all watching bass track. Yeah, we're watching it go down, and 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 we're saying, man, it looks like Jordan Lee could win this thing. Holy crap! But until that, those scales settle and Dave Mercer screams, unbelievable, 
it's not official, you know. And and I think that's incredible about bass. And I and I want to tell you, first of all, uh, just what a hell of a job you do in those moments, man. You just you bring it to a whole uh, other level. And I and dude, I, I can't I can't uh, can't brag on you enough for that. And and I know I mean you you kill your job, man. You you absolutely smash it so but these moments are important they're so important first of all thank you i mean that 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 means the world to me i I really i honestly my whole take on the job at bass is i kind of look at it like no different than a james overstreet james overstreet or sago or any of the great photographers you know what i mean andy crawford you know they 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 try to grab Joel Shangle. I mean, there's a lot of great photographers no out there, but they try they try to take your moment and they try to capture a second of it and and, and make that moment even better mm-hmm. or bigger. And and honestly, that's really my a- approach to the classic. You know, yeah, I run around and yell crazy stuff, but it's it's not my moment. It's their moment. You know, and and if I can make that better, you know for the crowd to react because the way I've always looked at it is, man, I have so much respect for, for these guys, for you guys that, that have hostaged everything. I mean, I didn't, I, I go to work. I'm lucky. I fly down there and I MC an event and, and I love every minute of it, but anglers risk so much. You mm-hmm. know, the tears when you see them winning, it's not because they won. It's because so many people told them so many times, you're not gonna win. Mm-hmm. This isn't gonna work for you, and, and it's it's all those. So I look at all those moments that happen to an angler, and they all happen in the middle of nowhere on a road all by yourself when you're broken down at three in the morning yep. and you're literally in tears, thinking, "What am I doing? Mm-hmm. My family's at home. I'm out here chasing this ridiculous dream that everybody that really matters to me in my life has told me I can't." So. There's so many moments where there's nobody around and there's so many, you know, non-fan interaction moments. And to me, the only chance that those anglers get to feel those that crowd and that, that fan reaction is at takeoff and at the weigh-in. And if it requires me to run around and yell ridiculous stuff and spit water in the air, well, I watched a lot of wrestling growing up. So that's <laughs> me too. <laughs> Love it, man. I love, well, and, and let's be honest, okay? This is this is something that I have said multiple times. Weigh-ins for your casual fan, they can be boring if you don't have a Dave Mercer. Truly. I mean, we're putting fish on a scale seven pounds, three ounces. Thank you for coming. I mean, you know, you go to a local weigh-in. Shout out to my local guys down here on the Tennessee River doing it to it. But you know what I'm saying, man. you got to bring that energy level. you got an arena full of freaking people there to watch guys put little bass in a bag and put them on the scales, you know. So, dude, you've just, uh, you really elevate. And look, there have been bass, uh, you know, of course, Ray Scott was the dude, you know. Ray was the guy. The greatest ever. The greatest ever, man. He was the guy. And he was, uh, what about an A team? What about a B team? I'll never forget going to my first classic. And he's up there and he's got the tassels going and swinging the cowboy hat. And you're just like, this is the guy, man. This is the guy from TNN right here. This is him. And, uh, 
I was fortunate to get to know Ray a little bit uh, in life in the early 2000s um, through a kind of a weird circumstance in life, but that happened. And uh, I'll tell that story on Low Budget Live one day. But uh, I actually got to know Dave. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Uh, I got to know Ray and Bob Cobb a little bit as a uh, 19-year-old man, and it was it was an incredible time. But Fish Fishburn, man. Fish did a great job. You know, Fish was just a, a goofball like you and I. Um, utilize humor, but he did a great job. But, dude, I'm telling you, it it, it went to another level with you. And I do think um, that a lot of it comes from your sincere love and respect for these guys, you know. Uh, and Chris Jones at FLW, same way, man. Same way. He, lo- he loves the sport. He loves the anglers. He respects the determination, hard work that they put in, the sacrifice. So um, I think that that's, that's what makes you so great. But there was something I was reading about you last night, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm a huge Dave Mercer fan. I'm a huge Facts of Fishing fan. And, but I try to do some digging just, just for you know my own knowledge when I'm talking to a guy like this in this format. But you started tournament fishing at an early age, I was reading, but you, but there was a quote from you in this article I read that you you ha, you learned pretty early on that competing wasn't really what you wanted to do. Can you talk about that a little bit? Totally. I mean, it, it. I think about it all the time, and it's amazing the way. Yeah, I, I know you're a country music guy, oh, yeah. but but in this song, you know, Garth Brooks, the dream is like a river, ever changing as it flows. And, man, I, I think that is one of the truest quotes out there. And when I was a little kid, uh, I grew up watching the Bassmasters. I mean, I, I was that weird. I mean, we were all that weird mm-hmm, kid. No doubt. Have in common. I mean, I had a picture of, of Hank Parker winning the Classic in my locker in high school. I was a weirdo. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that's awesome. But, but, but that's what I think that it makes the Classic and events like that so special because – all us weirdos, we all get together, and, and all of a sudden, that thing that you like that you've had to explain to girl, every girl you ever met. Yes. What do you mean you tournament fish? Yes. What is that? <laughs> what do you mean? This? Yeah. yeah. It, it, that that we we all feel at home. But yeah, that was my dream initially. I started fishing tournaments when I was, you know, thirteen years old, and I was lucky at the time to to do okay and. And because I was young and stood out at the time, you know, I got a little bit of attention. And, and really, that's all I did going through school. I, all I did was fish tournaments and, and, you know, throughout Canada and the northern United States. And But I, it wasn't long until I realized, man, this life is tough. Like, I, I, I love fishing, but I don't love being a trucker. I don't love everything and and all of a sudden i realized i might not be the best angler in the universe there's other people that are much better than me but but uh so even at the in my early 20s that's when i kind of pulled away from tournaments and started focusing on on doing more tv stuff and and through that you know i am seeing some some charity events i guess that's how it started and, and the two things luke that i've always kind of love to do is fish and, and talk, you know. Yep, same I, here. That's <laughs> really all I've ever been good at. You know, my whole life, everybody's always told me not – everything I do to make a living look, you're probably very similar, is everything every teacher wrote in my report card to stop doing. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. I had a marketing teacher my junior year of high school. We had a marketing class, and she said, a professional fisherman? 
okay, well, I think you need to focus on maybe doing something else because that's not a real thing, <laughs> you know? And I, I see her all the time and I'm like, hey, I made it work somehow in some way, shape or form. I made a living in that industry, you know, because you did, you get turned down, man. You get turned you know, down. I think, I, but I think that's the key to success in anything. And not, not that I've achieved it this super pinnacle of success or anything, but I think if you love something enough, like when people say to you, can you make a living? Yes, you can. You know, like, is it, is it, you know, as long as you love it, you know what I mean? Gotta I, love I remember it. my parents were dreamers. I was real lucky. You know, they, I was born in Ireland. We lived, moved to Canada when I was five, you know, they moved to another country to give our, us a better opportunity. And, and man, i watch people weigh in fish for a living and announce it. So obviously that worked out. That opportunity is no available doubt. in Belfast. No doubt. I didn't know that about you. That's very cool. It's follow your dreams. And, and, and man, my dad used to say, I don't care what you do, son. If you love something enough and you're willing to work harder than anybody at it, you can make a living. And he'd say, I don't care if your love is to sweep the floors, but if you're the best at sweeping the floors, Everybody needs that guy, and and if you love it, you're easy to work with, and and you you'll find success in it. And thankfully, I, I didn't have to revert to sweeping floors yet. Yeah, I, I'm still on the uh, under the uh, my wife's under the impression that I don't know how to sweep. I'm, I try to play dumb. I'm like, what? What is this? What is this witchcraft you're handing me here? What is this? I don't know what this does. She's like, well, you, you yeah. clean the floor. No, no, I don't know anything about that, honey. Uh, we're gonna have to call somebody else. Well, dude, I, I think you you hit it on the head with with hard work. Like a lot of people think that these are dream jobs, and they are. But man, they come with a lot of sacrifice. Even the job you have um, with just the Bassmaster, dude, you're traveling in and out. You're delayed in airports. You're away from your your precious family, and there there are a lot of things that go on there. But anything that's meant to be a dream job, I b- fully believe, comes with a lot more sacrifice than than a normal nine to five. You know, uh, at times, okay. It does, does it have benefits that a normal nine to five doesn't? Yeah, of course. We're we're in this amazing, cool industry. But um, anything that's meant to be a dream, you're gonna have to work a little harder at. You know, um, and and it's not, and it's and, and sometimes people, you get a hold of a dream, and you're like, that's not exactly what I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> you know, I mean that that was kind of my year this year. You know, all I ever wanted to do is be on the FLW tour or the elite series. You know, I grew up watching both obviously. And when I finally got that chance, it was, it was all I could ask for, you know, I I was loving it. And, and then with all the changes, man, that just, that, like you said, no forest wood cup, no, that's not my dream. That's not my dream. You know, my dream is to try to be in those championships. And I I got to fish one of those as a co-winner, but I never got to fish one as a pro. And, and then it was gone, you know? Um, And so, that that kind of changed my path, but I'm still in love with fishing, and I'm still in love with the fun of fishing and spreading the word about fishing, and and like you said, running my mouth a little bit. But uh, that's something about you, Dave, that I think that that people are drawn to you about. But and and I try to preach this on my YouTube channel, especially. But fishing is fun, man, and tournaments can take that away sometimes, right? And that that was a big part of of me realizing that I wasn't a tournament angler. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I don't have. There is a competitive. There's part. I'll be honest. Some of the stuff that I am most ashamed of. Some of the behaviors I've done in my life happened when I was in a bass tournament. <laughs> be honest. I, I'm totally honest. Wow. Is that you look at me and I'm 
jovial, jokey dude. I have, I have first people for generations after them. <laughs> were just just because they were on a dock that I thought had a four pounder on it. Yep. <laughs> and it, but but I do think that that's that's a part of the chromosome. You need to be a successful tournament angler. I mean, I learned that I think in season one on the elite series and you know, KVD won angler of the year that year. And I remember I was covering him and, and so striking. It was so different than what I used to do as a tournament angler. I watched him compete and that was odd rookie season on the elite series. So day one, KVD, I think we were on Wheeler Lake. I believe we're on Wheeler, but day one, KVD fishing this water outflow, right? He yeah. I remember the that. Limit, yeah. And then, then, then goes out a little deeper or whatever. Well, so day two comes along, and I covered him day one, and Kevin says, hey, you rolling with me on day two? I said, yep, as soon as takeoff's done, we're covering you. So me and Overstreet go to chase him, and we get behind him, and he's, we, we know where he's going. He's going to that water spillway. So he goes to that water spillway, and who's there? Otney Foe. <laughs> well, I mean, Otto Rookie, KVD's got Angler of the Year on the line. He's in a position where he could be like, get the hell out of here, Odd. You know, he could definitely bully him around. Didn't he didn't even hard to come off a pad. He waved at Ott. He went to spot B. And he looked yes. over at us and he goes, spot B. So we follow him to spot B. Well, he gets to spot B and there's three boats on spot B. Now, three boats, now he's the angler of the year on the line. He's going to the second spot. You think he's going to start screaming at somebody or saying, give me some space or something? He doesn't. He goes to the third spot, doesn't even check him, goes to the third spot. On the dock, he said, well, get with me quick because I'm going to catch 17 pounds and seal the deal on this real early. Went to spot one, couldn't fish. Went to spot two, couldn't fish. Went to spot three, caught 17 pounds, one angler of the year, and never yelled at anybody. And I turned over three. I'm I'm like, man, I would have already screamed. I would have... I mean, I'd be done. It'd be over by you, the time I got to the second spot. You would have ran dam to dam looking for somewhere to get. It's completely... But that's me, man. I would have been like, Odd Defoe, hate Odd Defoe. Unreal. It takes... But I think that's also part of maturity. You also have to be man enough to know where your areas of... That, that you can do well in in the areas that you can't. I mean, I feel comfortable with a mic in my hand, but if you said, hey... You get a preliminary spot to compete in the Elite Series, I wouldn't feel near as comfortable. I understand completely, man. Well, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about this Canadian invasion that you guys had last year a little bit because I competed against those guys and and I and I call those guys friends. I, I really, really, obviously, I respect all three of those guys immensely. Uh, and we're talking about Gussie, Jeff Gustafson, Chris, and Corey Johnston, and. Uh, those boys don't play around. But uh, will we see a win from one of those three this year? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I've been on record already um, for Bass. I don't know if they printed it yet, but I've, I've put pressure on them. I've predicted between the Classics and the Elite Series, we will see not a win, but two wins. I don't know what the combination is. I don't know if one guy wins two of them. If Gutsy wins one and a Johnson, I don't know what the combination is, but two trophies, I say, going north of the border. I, I would, uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that because you know they're feeling their way around the Elite Series last year. They all had incredible years, 
But I think that uh, you get a year under the belt. They know the deal now. They were new. They were the new guys. Now you know they're basically veterans. <laughs> they're coming back after the year, and uh, I would not. I wouldn't doubt that at all, man. Um, are you uh, Are you excited to have your uh, your your buddy back on stage, Mister Swindle? Of course. I mean, <laughs> I call him Water Break. That's he, right. He, he, That's right. You call him G. You call him whatever you want. I call him Water Break because when he comes up, I just take a break. <laughs> Hand him the mic That's and let it. him go. That's it. I know he's looking forward to it, man. I, I'm I'm very proud for him and BP that they're coming back, and uh, it. I think having them back just just is going to make that field, which which I learned so much about because I'm like you last year, and I talked about it on here a lot in the spring. I didn't know a lot of those guys, man. You know, of course, Johnny Cruz and Drew Benton and Steve Kent. Those guys are, are my dudes. We go, I go way back with all those guys, you know. Um, John Cruz and I roomed together in the Opens when I was freaking 19 years old, man. I've known John a long time. He actually made the Elites, uh, the then Bassmaster Tour, the first year I roomed with him. Um, you know, he he and I. But so these guys that are Seth Fighter, you know, Chris Crow, I mean, you know, I know of these guys, but some of the some of the new ones, the Lee, Lee Livesey's and um, Garrett Pockets and uh, Patrick Walters. Even I knew about him from his famed college career, but I didn't know a lot about Patrick. But so last year, you guys turned them and their angling skills turned them into into household names for me. So with the addition of Brandon and Gerald to that. Plus the FLW guys, um, who by the way caught the crap out of them last year. Um, it's like all of them had something to prove. Uh, it's going to be 2020, man. Between that and the schedule, I think it's just going to be silly. I, I think. I mean, the schedule is insane. It really is. It's. It, it, I mean, even Orange. You know, Orange stands out as the kind of the. But if you watch the last time we were at Orange, guys aren't having to run 100 miles away, you know. No. It's got one pretty close, and it, that crowd is incredible, and that community's been through so much. I can't wait to get back there. I mean, they really they really are awesome. But it, it here's what I'm going to say. I'm excited to have Brandon back. I'm excited to have G back. But I, I'm just excited to see them compete where they want to compete. Right. I think that the – biggest thing that people missed and I you know I'm sure you and you were no different you know you you spent late nights talking to tons of people when they were breaking their heart over making a decision of what to do and I think one of the biggest problems people made and I told everyone I talked to I said make the decision that's best for you mm-hmm. your value as a pro angler is always your value as of that moment you know what I mean that's right you look at and if you keep catching them, if you think you're going to keep catching them better, if you think you're going to do better over here, you should be here. If you think you're going to do better over there, you should be over there. I mean, that's what really needs to get settled out. I think guys got to end up where they're happy and move on. Because as a fan of the sport, the last thing, I, you know, nobody cares about this crap. They just want to hear about fishing. You that's know right. I, mean? I, I want to get back to it. Yep. It's very dangerous ground. You know, it keeps going, keeps going. Everything is always about that. And people turn off. I mean, look what happened with sports like baseball. Baseball has never, ever recovered. And that no. is my own fear. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, you know, and I've, I've lended a hand to some of the, the controversial stuff and some of the divide, I know, and I, I get accused of that a lot. But, but dude, I, I'm a fan of the sport, and – I'm like you. Like before you came on, I had Brian New, the winner of the first Bassmaster Open, on, 
um, to talk and and uh, I'm excited just to get to talk about some fishing for the love of God. You know, we're we're headed back into uh, some tournaments and the Elite Series starts up in uh, what two weeks? We got we got an Elite Series. There's an FLW event this week at Rayburn. So um, I, I hope that the the, the crap can kind of die down now. But I, but I too at the same time I'm afraid that until um, until those guys being Bass Pro Tour, Major League Fishing, kind of get their feet under them in some way where they're comfortable in their own skin uh, with what they're doing, I feel like we'll always have this back and forth, you know, because they're going to change some things and there are going to be some guys. I, do you see in your mind, like this year, we've seen this mass exodus from FLW of big names in the Opens. You know, you got Scotty Too Hotty, you got Scott Martin in the Opens, you got Brian Latimer and Andrew Upshaw and Todd Castledine, Bradley Hallman, um, you know, just these freaking hammers. Um, dude, that elite field's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher again next year. And with that, do you think uh, do you think we'll see some more BPT guys come back next year? Because there's some fish in the Opens, I noticed. Do you think we'll see some uh, some guys find their way back to bass. Just your I opinion? Think it's inevitable. Yeah, I, I think it's inevitable. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's inevitable. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I think it's so. Not my place place to speak, but um, it, 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 there, there's people. And and hey, let's be honest. Down the road, who knows? I mean, that maybe some guys will, some of our guys will end up heading over there. Too. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. Nobody knows. I, I mean, you, nobody knows. But 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 what I do know is is I'm fine with the field with the way we have. No and doubt, it, it's just only going to get stronger. Oh, it uh, is. <laughs> and, and it, it, you know, one one story I did want to hit on though. I do. I had one thing I wanted to tell you because one thing I keep hearing from people um, is that this year's classic. You know, the odd person you'll see chime in and be like, "Well, it's last year was the last great classic." <laughs> Whatever. And, <laughs> it is funny because I, I, I had too. a conversation with a guy at the Classic last year, and he was the only one. I mean, so many people came up, and I mean, I've been amazed at how many people come up and just say, I love watching these young guys, these new guys, but that's human nature. You do love the new, you know, why are people excited to see the Chiefs and the Titans? Because it's not the freaking Patriots. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Amen to that. It's human nature, but just tell you this quick story. So a guy came up to me last year at takeoff. You know, there's, what, 6,000 people there. It's just insane. And a guy goes, yeah, it's too bad this is going to be the last mm. great classic. And I said, really? I said, well, why do you say that? And he said, well, you know, all the big guys are leaving. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I learned long ago it's always good to answer a question with a question. So I said, <laughs> let me ask you a question. <laughs> Name your three favorite classics ever. And I believe his three were, um, he had KVD um, in Louisiana when he had, you know, Giants final day and, you know, one by 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he mentioned Edwin Evers win, you know, when he had made the big comeback mm-hmm. on the final day. And I said, yeah, those are great. And he said the third, he said, I can't, I can't, I couldn't name the great classics without saying Brian Kershaw. And when he said that, I smiled from ear to ear. He said, I got you. Because I said to him, I, I said, okay, now let's go back to your original thing about this being the last great classic. I said, do you know the year before Brian Kershaw won the classic, he fished the classic, but he finished absolutely last. Yep. I said, there wasn't a soul in bass fishing outside of Connecticut that knew who Brian Kershaw was at all. 
and by a Sunday of that tournament, on day one of that tournament, nobody knew him. And by Sunday of that tournament, Brian Kershaw became a legend in this sport. Mm-hmm. And obviously, what happened with him, you know, obviously grew that legend and everything. But uh, Overstreet said it best, man. I take pictures of the dudes that hold these trophies, and those dudes are our heroes in our sport. No and, doubt. No and, doubt. And not to take anything away from any other trophy, but man, uh, it, it's it's you know bass is fat. I mean, when you grow up, I'm assuming wanting to win the Daytona 500. You want to win the Indianapolis 500 if you're in in the cart world. Yeah. You, know, you want to want to. This is it's a classic, it's man. It's a classic, there's man. Only one. I've said it many and, times and on here. I don't care. I don't care who's in it. I don't care what their names are, what their jerseys say. On Sunday in Birmingham, Alabama, in front of an arena full of people, which is inevitable, you will scream until you're hoarse, and somebody will hoist a classic trophy, and it will be another great moment in our sport. Period. Because it's the classic. And you can't you can't take that away. I don't care who's in it. It's the classic. It's the freaking bass, man. It's the Catalina wine mixer. It's the freaking classic, man. There's only one classic. There's only one, man. And that's, dude, when you really get to it, I mean, you were real nice earlier, gave me a bunch of compliments about what I do for a living. Everybody talks about the great job Zona does, and everybody does, and, and they really do. I mean, I work with the most strongest badasses out there, and I couldn't be prouder to be part of that team. But when you're really honest, None of these people came here for the magazine. None of these people are here because of Mark Zona, Dave Mercer, Davey Hyde, or anybody. They're here for one thing, and it's that trophy. Mm-hmm. That's what drives people. And uh, and I think it always will, um, you know. Uh-huh. And I hope, I hope that we get some answers to some of the things down the road. Some of the – I hate that people are put in that position, but – I just wish everybody luck, you know, moving forward, you know. No it's, doubt. It's no a great – dude, it's a – like how badass is it as a time for the industry? Like uh, you talked about the the negatives that you get pointed at, but we need a guy like you to – you know what I mean? Our sport, every sport has that impartial voice that is that is seeing it and, and being honest, and I, and I love it. And, you know, when, you, when me and you – set up this interview we talked about you know i said you would talk to me about anything you know and i appreciate that the only people that need to worry about set questions and stuff like that is people that want to hide a story i mean i'll just keep telling you the truth until it gets me in trouble that's kind of been my issue this fall (laughs) is i just tell the truth until until the truth sets me right into a trap I appreciate it. I mean, well, because I, my, I appreciate like, that. We all screw up over a bass, and it's good to have a guy like you in the industry to be like, "Yeah, I really screwed up. I'm sorry, guys, but I didn't go Luke Duncan on that." The, the, yeah, that. yeah. I, I'm glad I can be the new benchmark. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good one, man. I want to, I want to say this about Chase Anderson. I don't know Chase. I don't know Chase at all. Um, owner of Bass, and and. Uh, a friend of mine this week in the industry, a sponsor of mine, has developed a, a relationship with Chase, and he was going back and forth with him about Low Budget Live, and Chase listens to Low Budget Live some, and he said that uh, that uh, my buddy said, well, 
man, I can't wait for you guys to screw up and Luke jump on y'all and see if your opinion of him changes. You know, like one of those things. He goes, no. He said Chase's response was, I hope we screw up and I hope he nails us so we can get better. Dude, I thought that was a beautiful statement. So Chase, if you're listening, I, I got you, dude. I got you. All, all you got to do is make a mistake. I'm not, this is, I try not to be biased, man. I'm obviously a Bassmaster fan, but I was also an FLW fan. And look, I'm a fan of a lot of the guys over at MLF. Everybody knows that. I've got good friends there. I'm a fan of the sport of bass fishing, um, but I'm a fan of what's right and what and, you know. And I and I try to know the difference in what I believe to be right and wrong and things. And and uh, you know, I hope we all get to a, get to a better place with all of it. You know, um, I want to talk to you about one more thing, and this is the most important thing we're going to talk about. You are, for some reason, and I've always wanted to ask you this question, a Kansas City Chiefs fan. So I need some clarification from you on this, sir. Oh, all right. Well, first of all, it's damn good to be a Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> fan this year. I mean, my whole life I've had to explain to people why I'm a Chiefs fan because it, you know, there hasn't been a lot of reasons to be a Chiefs fan. But really, it just goes back to how most people get into football. I mean, you generally change, cheer for the team that's local to you or your favorite player or the team that happens to be winning at the time. And, and when I got into football, the 49ers were amazing and Joe Montana was the quarterback. So I was kind of a Niners-Montana fan, but more a Montana fan, and, and I followed him to Kansas City, and I haven't left. And and the funny story is I was lucky enough to meet Joe Montana like five or six years ago at at, a function in Vegas, and all these people are walking up to him and his handlers are around him, and they're all like, Mr. Montana, thank you for the memories. Thank you for the memories he gets to me. And I'm like, I got it. You give me a lot of bad memories. (laughs) (laughs) And his handlers handlers like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Joe's like, what what do you mean? I said, well, I started cheering for you you know and then he went to chiefs i followed you chiefs and i've never left and he said oh you should you should have left and never looked back but uh that's amazing hopefully this week's battle goes right and uh we'll see if i made the right decision when i was a little kid maybe the chiefs will play the niners in the finals but i know you don't i don't want that. that you know being a tennessee titans fan so dave and i have been texting this week and and today you guys will hear this on january 20th when i upload but it's january 19th it's the day of the afc and nfc championship game but chiefs versus the titans so i read a i read a thing and i want to i'm just gonna throw this out there you you've been called the bill dance of canada i've seen it bill dance notable tennessee guy if tennessee wins can i get a picture of dave mercer in a uh, in a titans hat can this yeah. happen yeah for a social yeah, media no, post I, mean, I, I, I think we should do something more than that okay oh gosh put me on the spot on lbl now this now, is this is low budget I mean, well, it's social media. Nobody's going to share a pic. Let's be honest. We're only doing this to get likes. It's all about it. the likes. And That's the, it. It's about so the likes and the views. No, <laughs> nobody's going to share a picture of me with a Tennessee Titans hat or you with a Chiefs hat. How about we go further? How about, I believe me and you, and you were much further and much further ahead in, in the beard world than me many years before me. But but me and you may have two of the greatest beards in Bastard. Ever. I'm yes. willing to, if your Tennessee Titans win, 
which I they will not. But if they did in some polar universe, I mean, they're not going to win, but they weren't supposed to beat the Patriots or the Ravens either. But if, if they win, I will dye my beard blue. And you, my friend, if the Chiefs win, I need you to dye your beard red. Got it. We can do this. Right here. A virtual handshake. Red beard. We will do it. A blue beard and a red beard. I'm with it. I'm with this. I don't even know how to do it. But we'll I don't know how out. to do it, but I'll figure it out. I've got, I've got an 18-year-old daughter. I'll figure it out. And a wife that dyes her hair some. Sorry, honey. Uh, I, will, I will figure it out. Red beard. I'm excited. I'm excited, I'm excited buddy. About it. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm excited. To see Come you on, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Come on, Henry. That's all I can say. I've always, I've always thought you'd make a great ginger. <laughs> ginger. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's on. Okay, so uh, I like it. I'm gonna. Whenever we get we get off here and I settle the podcast down here to get ready to upload for tomorrow, I'm going to go to social... I'm going to Instagram with this today. So before the before kickoff, we've got a couple hours here. So I want everybody to know what's going to happen. So, all right, you heard it here, Low Budget Live. All right. We'll, how long do you have to wear the red beard? That's the thing. How long? Well, I, I'm, I'm talking a temporary dye. Yes, I mean, a temporary dye. Temporary dye. Yes. Yes, you got work in a couple weeks. I got work. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, though. It will happen. All right. It will happen. All right. And I need it verified. I don't just want a picture. Like, I need actual video. Oh, no. This so you know me. I'm with photography now. Yes, I video everything. (laughs) So, (laughs) some things I definitely shouldn't video. But I video a lot of things, and I will video this for you. It will be videoed for social media. Go Chiefs. Go Titans. Dave Mercer, thank you so much, man. This was, uh, the pleasure was all mine. This was a great time and I really appreciate you taking time out of your crazy, chaotic uh, day up there in old Canada. And, uh, dude, I wish you the best of luck this year. I know it's going to be a great season, and I can't wait to see you in Birmingham. I- I'm looking forward to it. And, Luke, congrats on everything. Keep Thanks, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing, dude. Don't, you're, you, Bob, just like the parents and grade school teacher told you, as long as you're telling the truth, it'll all work out fine. And that's all you've been doing. And, uh and that's not a slight on anybody. I know no. somebody's going to be like, oh, he just said, dude, tell what you feel, and they tell what they feel, and we're all good, and let's just go freaking fishing and let's have do a it. good time. Let's do it. Let's get back. Fishing is fun. Y'all, uh, if you're obviously you're following Dave if you're here, but uh, make sure you, you're following along on everything he's doing if, you, if you're not. Uh, outside of the Bassmasters, Dave does a killer job in our sport in educating people on how much fun fishing is and uh, – Dude, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. I hope that uh, Derek Henry rushes for 130 yards and finishes a close second to the great Kansas City Chiefs, no, baby! Not, not happening. I'm cutting you off there, Mercer. <laughs> go Titans. Oh, Brady St. Patrick. Go, go, buddy. See you, buddy. Bye. Dave Mercer, everybody. What a... Yeah, what? Yeah, what is that? Screaming, go freaking Chiefs. You're going to hear this tomorrow, and you'll know the outcome when this uploads. But uh, Red Beard, I made a bet with Dave Mercer. Thank you all so much for listening. I know this podcast ran long. We had some technical difficulties, like always. But uh, thank you all. Thank you all so much uh, for everything. Um, 
uploaded a new video this week. If you haven't seen it, this, uh, on Friday, me and stupid Darian fishing on Gunnersville's good time, some January schooling fish. Go check that out for me. Um, if you haven't seen that, I really appreciate it. Go, go watch it. Um, Boats and Pros coming up the last week of the month. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not. And uh, I am really looking forward to this football game today. I'm really looking forward to Dave Mercer dyeing his his beard. But uh, thank y'all so much for everything. Uh, thanks for listening. Happy birthday, Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, Low Budget Live is over for the week, and we will see you next week. Here's a little Low Budget Live outro with some Biloxi Blues. Thank y'all. Never could make it last Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter, east or west North, south, wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care, no Yeah.